And we're recording. Hey man, how's it going? Uh, it's going well, sir. It's been it's been a bit of a stressful day, you could say. Um, but I, at the same time, had a good evening. I, I went to Walmart. I worked out. I made myself um, bacon and eggs, and I'm ready to record a podcast. I want to keep this thing positive and happy and just fun. I want to talk about puppies, and I'm going to talk about video games. I don't want to talk about anything negative or stressful or anything like that. Yes, sir. Sounds We're not going to talk about coronavirus, which we've talked about for, I think, two or three episodes. None of that stuff. Nope. It's going to be sunshine and rainbows. So, puppies. Um, the the little mommy puppy that we were going, going to uh, adopt a, a pup from had her litter on Easter, but Ooh. we were number five on the list and she only had four pups. So, we are on the next litter from uh, another one in, that, in these uh, from the breeder. So, we should potentially have a puppy in August and then Megan's sister might be getting a puppy too. So we might have two puppies that we're romping around with and and playing with. So it's going to be good. Um, It'll, I'm not sure yet. It it depends on how impatient everybody becomes because everybody's locked in the house and they just want their puppies now. Yeah. True. (laughs) We'll find out. But it's going to be a fun, a fun little summer. My yes. two-year-old was telling me today that we don't eat puppy food, or and puppies don't eat human food, or don't you know? And she just keeps repeating things that her mom's saying. It's so cute. <laughs> now, story time. Back when uh, TJ was probably about three or four, one of my favorite snacks when I would go over to my to my grandmother's house was doggy biscuits. I've been guilty of that too. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why I found it so fascinating, but um, my grandmother, my da- my dad's mom, had a a dog. His name was Mickey, and Mickey had I think they were they were wishbones, you know, those little doggy yeah. biscuits, you know. Yeah. And I remember just grabbing one one day and taking a chunk out of it, and being like, "Huh, this is pretty good." Yep, <laughs> and I would do that occasionally. There's not like a lot of flavor to it, but it's kind of crunchy. Yeah. Um, a neighbor had a dog birthday party where everybody, it was all dog themed and like you played, I don't know, some like family dog games and they were like uh, dog treats in cups as a joke and stuff like that. But then once all the adults left, all the kids started eating the, the dog biscuits and I remember them, them coming back in and getting onto us. And then we hit a couple, we'd eat them later, but yeah, the dog biscuits, good stuff. Nice. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Good times. Good times. Nothing okay. like a fresh, uh, fresh doggy biscuit. Video games. Yes. Oh my goodness. So I have not been keeping up with how good the graphics are getting on these machines. So I set up the Xbox and I downloaded a game called Battlefront 2. And this is a Star Wars game that's really good. I'm not good at the game. I just wanted to run around in the world and look at this stuff. I didn't want to fight anybody. I just wanted to run around and look at stuff. So I was able to find some single player level or some single player mode where I could, I could mostly go around undisturbed. Every like the enemies didn't hurt me very much, but I was just, this game takes all of the memories that I had growing up watching the star Wars movies. Mm-hmm. And it puts it in, 
the highest resolution, the most detailed I've ever seen. So for example, there's a level called uh, the Death Star 2. And I'm standing in this level and I picked the character BB-8, that little robot that rolls. Yeah. And so I'm BB-8 and I look at the ground and the ground, like in the Star Wars movies, the ground was always like this polished like marble or something. It was like really pristine and clean and, and just like, like move, like, I don't know, just amazing looking, but I'm, I'm looking at the video game and the ground is like that polished, but it also has like imperfections and the lights reflecting off of it just enough. And so I'm just sitting there staring at the ground of this, of this map. And then I'm like, look at this cable or this, this uh, fuel pipe that's going to a, a TIE fighter. And I'm just like wanting to just stare at the details and just soak in how good this environment looks. Mm-hmm. And that was just like the first five minutes of the game. So I decided I don't even care about playing the game. I just want to look at all the levels. So I've looked at like three or four now and it is cool looking. This is the details just so neat because I'll see pieces that you saw from a movie, like mm-hmm. the first star Wars movie episode four. Um, there's a scene where they're in the death star and Obi-Wan Kenobi is like scooting around a little uh, control pillar or something. That's like, Yes, I remember the exact scene you're talking about. It, it, it's in the Death Star, and it's like, yeah, it's that it's like some control panel thing. He's scooting around it. Well, they have those in there. Um, there's like the throne room, and there's like all these pieces that you recognize from the movie. Um, I played the episode one map where uh, at the very end of episode one, Darth Maul and Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon, they're all like battling. And like there's these, these beams of plasma just going full, you know, full height of the just hundreds and hundreds of meters and uh, you know up and down and there's these these catwalks and then they get to that final area where there's uh, they're like trapped in these these uh, cells and then there's like the light that comes up and the person will walk into it and then light will come up behind them and they're trapped there as they're finally walking to that final room I, I just got to see all these things and they're just so beautiful like mm-hmm. so detailed it was you're really cool like, and there's so many levels. I'm kind of overwhelmed. So are you playing through the single-player campaign right now? I just... No. No? <laughs> I, I need to. I've just gone into these these maps and just, like, walked around real slow. And then when people shoot at me and stuff, I try to block with, light, with a lightsaber. But I'm just, like, like, I'm just soaking in the world. Yeah. And so I want this for VR so bad. Like, oh, I want, yeah. I want just a world, like, just see, just want to see this, the the sights and and just soak it in. I don't want action. I don't want fighting. I just want to like, what is under that rock? Like, what is that, that lily pad? Like just taking time to really enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Anyway, it's fun. Have you um, looked at, uh, I think it's called Jedi fallen order. So I got that game too. Um, Okay. That game in the first level there, I think I talked about this in a previous podcast. There was a scene where, there's like a flapping tarp in the wind. And yes. Yes. I remember talking about this. Yep. I just stopped. I was just staring at the tarp because the physics were so good. And I'm just trying to, you know, I'm looking back on some of the older games that I used to play and how primitive they were. So our, uh, our four year old has been getting into Minecraft. Did I talk about her getting a little phone last week? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So she's been, she keeps coming up and wanting to play Minecraft, but really she just wants to stand in one spot and put purple beds as far as she can reach 
and then put purple glass or purple wool and purple, just everything has to be purple, but she like traps herself because she doesn't, she's not comfortable enough moving. So she stands in one spot and spins around putting blocks up. And so I'm, I'm just like watching her and trying to see how she's walking around in this world. And I'm thinking that, you know, when you start with games, you need to start with something primitive and then work your way up. And then I want, I would like her to be able to really appreciate how nice some of the new stuff is instead of just being thrown into it. Like that's just how it is. Everything is always photorealistic and perfect. So that's actually, this is the type of game that I'm more interested in playing nowadays is some sort of open world adventure. And I've, I've been looking at No Man's Sky a little bit. Do you is remember that, that game? game? Yeah, well, it, it kind of is. It's not super complicated, but it is a space exploration and a planetary expo- exploration game where you can just drop on a planet and the planet and and the universe is procedurally generated. So you can go to any of these planets, and chances are you will be the only person to have ever discovered or landed on that planet. Um. And everybody's in the same universe, like all the players, all the online players, it's all the same universe. So there's a possibility someone has landed on the planet before, but chances are because the universe is so vast, no one has. Um, And it's a very, very pretty game. It was kind of, it was riddled with bugs when it first launched back in 2016, but you know, it's four years since then it's, it's gotten better. But my problem is that, I, I don't know that the Xbox is the best platform to play it on because it only runs at like 30 frames a second. And I really kind of want to feel it at 60. You know, I really want to, I, I want it to be very beautiful and not choppy. Yeah, um, that's important. Yeah. So, but I, I'm very interested in Jedi Fallen Order, um, even though it's the same thing. Like I, these games that are just works of art and just so beautiful. I want to play at like uncapped frame rates at 4k, you know, and just, just have almost every frame just be, you know, wallpaper esque, if you will. Do you know if it runs at 60 frames, if you're at 1080p or is it just like a 4k problem with which game? Uh, any of these. I, I just was, I'm just wondering if, if you had a, a worse TV, um, <laughs> it, would, it would be smoother. So I, I I play on a 1080p display. Oh, okay. And on when I play on a PC, I generally get more than 60 frames, and it's fine. But the Xbox, I have the uh, the One S and not the One X. Okay, so um, the One S doesn't have 4K. It does not have 4K. It only it has 1440p. Um, but even then, most games, except for like the very well optimized ones, run at 30 frames. So Forza Horizons, Halo 5, Gears of War, all of those run at 60. Most Microsoft titles will. But then you bring in a third-party developer most of the time, especially for games like made by Electronic Arts, run at 30. Gotcha. So, like, Doom ran at 60 and was beautiful. Um, but... I, I like Fallen Order does is kind of capped at thirty, which makes me sad. I um, set up the Xbox recently, and so all, there's all this news coverage and stuff. So you know, I want to watch it. I would. I thought I thought I wanted to be able to watch it, but I didn't want to like switch tabs and have it rank on my laptop. 
So I set up the Xbox. Now, my goal was to just let YouTube run and, and just kind of be like a little TV over there. But um, so, okay, a couple updates on this. There is an app on the Xbox called Air Server, and it lets you airplay um, it, pretty much anything to the to the TV, unless it's like a DRM video. Yeah. And typically, those um, the DRM video apps have an app on the Xbox, like Prime Video or Netflix or something like that. But things like YouTube or I'm just screen sharing your phone or games, you know, that kind of stuff. I can just view my Xbox just like it was an Apple TV. So that's really cool. Um, that that app is called Air Server. So I'm really liking that. But I'm using an Xbox One hooked up to a computer monitor, a 4K monitor. I don't have sound for this. So I needed a speaker. And I was thinking about, you know, should I get a sound bar? Should I get a speaker? Should I just get something simple? Should I use headphones? And then I started thinking about the Alexa. Mm-hmm. Her door. She's going to say something. What time is it? <laughs> it's 11 p.m. Thank you. Okay. So I, I needed, or I, I wanted to use her because she is a, the, the third generation. This sounds so good. So I got one of these and there's a setting in the app that you can set the line in mode. So I can plug a, a headphone cable from my monitor to the speaker. And now mm-hmm. my audio is coming out of her. I can't say her name because she'll trigger again. But what's the, the cool thing about it is I can play the games or watch movies or anything. And it sounds great in here. But then at the same time, if I want to turn the lights off or send a message to somebody or set an alarm or something, her, she's still running. I can use her, the microphones on her. It's like the best of both worlds. Um, but yeah, you the, the, this third generation one, it, there's a sale right now on Amazon and it's like 50 bucks. You can get the the third generation elect. Oh, I can't say her name. You, you can get her shipped. And Amazon has the thing right now where they're not shipping non-essential items. But for some yes. reason, I got her in 24 hours. So, <laughs> what? Yeah, I, I can't get anything else, but Amazon specific products seem to get there just really, really quick. But um, yeah, it's really neat for a speaker because I can use her as a line in or line out. If I wanted to plug an iPod or a phone or something into her, that would work. I can use her as a Bluetooth speaker. Um, I could plug her into a, a TV um, or, or I could plug her into a stereo system and then she could be the microphones and then you could use the stereo system as the speaker. So mm-hmm. just really cool. The whole concept of it is just really nice. The other neat thing is I now have a bunch of old little tubes. I can't say her name all over the house and you can set them up as in groups. So in the kitchen, if you stand in one spot, if you say her name, you, she picks you up from three different little tubes in that area. One in the kitchen, one by the front door, and one somewhere in another room. What's been bad in the past is I had really, really, uh, I had some new ones with really, really bad speakers, but they were in a weird spot. And mm-hmm. then the main one that was positioned best, and it was like the first generation one had the best sound, was the slowest on picking things up. So I would say, hey, person, and the one of the laundry room, you know, somewhere far away would pick up with the terrible speaker. So if I wanted to play music and I'd say, you know, play this song, it would play in a weird room because it picked it up faster. Well, there's this new group feature. So you can say these three, two people are uh, in a group and this one is going to be the designated speaker. 
All of the others are just microphones. So now you can be in the living room and you can whisper, Alexa, set a timer for five minutes. And then in the kitchen, in the, on the very nice one, you will say, you know, set a timer for five minutes. It's just really cool that, you know, this, the same machine that I got four or five years ago has continued to be updated and is just better and better every year. It's one of the coolest devices I've ever had in the fact that it just keeps getting better. Like mm-hmm. I've seen a couple weeks ago how it can detect if, if you have a broken window or someone's breaking into your house and it, it hears break, uh, glass breaking, it can set off your alarm. Or if, if it hears a smoke detector, it can set off your alarm. If, uh, you know, if it hears specific things, you can do, you can trigger. It's, it's so cool, TJ. Are these, such as like someone breaking into your house, like glass shattering, are those built into the device or is it something you have to program? No, it's it's a feature. It's called Amazon Guard. Amazon I think, Guard. I think it's Guard. But yeah, they have. Well, so what it is is they're getting better and better with these machine learning models that can take a waveform, an audio waveform, and very quickly run it against you know ten thousand different categories and figure out which one it matches. And if you can make that model uh, diverse enough and save it locally to the speaker, then the speaker can just listen all the time. And run all the audio it's ever getting through its own algorithms without connecting to the internet, keeps it all in your house, and, and trigger whenever things happen. But you don't have to worry about you know Amazon having a live microphone into your house all the time, which right. they still do. But the, it's nice knowing that a lot of these things now with machine learning, you can kind of condense them and put them in the house and in device. Right, right. That's interesting, man. I need, I need to think about getting some of these, I still have privacy concerns, but I need to read up on like what research has been done around that. But I've had Google assistants before and I just like, it's cool, but I had Google home mini devices and I would find that they would just randomly disconnect from Wi-Fi. I couldn't use my Google suites, um, uh, account. It was, it was just not the best experience. So I'm going to have to give, um, the, the a one, uh, the a (laughs) one, Yeah, don't, they'll say it or she'll trigger her. Yeah, Alexa, no, I love you. Thanks. It's good to be appreciated. <laughs> oh, yeah. And my two-year-old, my four-year-old, are always talking to her. It's, yeah. just, it's just cute because like, she'll be playing one of their Disney songs or Paw Patrol or something. And uh, it's just it's just super neat hearing them say and, and talk to her. And then, then they'll say thank you. And it's it's cute. How does does Alexa respond to thanking her? Alexa, thank you. You bet. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Um, it, it, yeah. It, now it's not perfect yet. Like there's some times where I could talk to it, and then I could, I'll say or ask a question, it would respond, and then I would ask a follow up, and it would also respond. Sometimes that works. Um, I'm still not. It, I still know it's a computer, so I still have to try to, I try to phrase my questions. Like when we used Google 10 years ago, you would try to type your search results in, in a specific way. And nowadays you type it in and you can misspell every word in the phrase and it Mm -hmm. can figure out what you wanted. Um, I think we're going to get there, but right now it's still more of the, um, you have to speak in a specific language to get her to do what you want. Right. Hmm. Yep. I'm going to have to give these a shot. 
So we were on the topic of games. Yeah. Um, do you have any mobile games that you've been playing lately? Bring up the phone. Bring up the phone. Probably not. Yeah. We're playing the, the Stardew Valley. How uh, is that? I hear I hear such good things about it. It's just relaxing. There's no fighting. You like you are a little character and you have a little farm and you go plant things and you can chop chop down trees and you can go fill up your bucket with water and go you know, water some plants and then you can go sell the plants at the market and then someone will come over and say, do you want to adopt a cat or do you want to adopt a dog? And then you can go into town and you can go on a, an adventure where you have to introduce yourself to 50 people and you can go to the beach and just relaxing, no fighting, just peaceful. Just peaceful. Yeah. Okay. Because I'll be honest, it's a little steep on the uh, the iTunes store. It's like uh, it's like an eight dollar game, and you don't really see those very often. Well, that's the other thing too is I don't feel bombarded with in app purchases. I ah. really don't like like there's like a Simpsons game, and there's like a Jurassic Park game, and a Sims, and there's all these like really cool franchise games, and it's all it's like they're like a Farmville. It's all built around you paying to increase the speed for something to happen. Right. But if I pay more for the game and there's none of that in there, then I can just play it and have fun. And like kind of like a Mario game. You, you don't mm-hmm. have in-app purchases to have you know, the raccoon suit. That's true. You really don't. I'm trying to remember what is the game that Ginny has been playing lately um, that is so much fun. So the game that – so I just found it. I actually had to go to the living room, turn on the switch. It's a <laughs> it's a game called Unravel. Okay. Oh. Um and you play as these two what they call yarnies and they're these little dudes made out of yarn and it's a plat like it's a puzzle platformer where it's it's so so many physics. It's just like you'll attach your yarn to like this this knob and you'll swing around and and try and make a jump onto a platform and you can be combined because there's there's two of them you can either combine yourselves and work as one or you can split apart and like and but you're always tied together and it's it's just a joyful game it's just so much fun and it's fun for me and Jenny because it's like the first game we've ever really played together because she, there's so many weird intricate and sometimes very very difficult puzzles where I will be the one holding the controller, but she's kind of like thinking the puzzle through and we'll just oh, like nice. work together to like un- understand the puzzle. And then like, I'll be the one who, you know, because I mean, I, I play a lot of, a lot of games. I can kind of have the reactionary time and she's just like the brains behind it. It's, it's a really good dynamic. It's a fun, 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 fun game. You, you brought up some memories. Like Megan and I used to play a game called the room and it was like, it was on the iPad and the iPhone, but it was a, a, a lock box in a, yeah. a room and there was like puzzles and keys and things. And you could go around and try to solve it like in like an escape room, but in like a video game. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was very similar too, because I was able to do things uh, with my fingers to, you know, adjust the puzzle and, and move things around. And then Megan was sitting back and, and remembering that there was a, a code on that wall and there's right. something over there and just kind of putting the, the pictures together and then give me tasks. And then we would switch. So we would, we would take turns who was controlling it. And it was just really fun. But so I'm thinking about your Yarny game. 
And I've played several like that, but my, my biggest frustration is there's two ways to solve it. There's one where you're button mashing and by the luck of the draw, you get it. And then the other one is where you know how to do it and it's very simple and you just press the, it's very calming. You press the buttons in the right order and it just naturally happens. I'm in that impatient camp where I'm trying to play the, the, the thing and I'm just button mashing and failing over and over again. And then, mm-hmm. and then maybe like succeeding and getting the person on the, on the lever or the ramp or something, but just barely, like I shouldn't have made it. Like <laughs> it was, it's not how they designed it. And so I need to, I need to be a little, more, a little bit more patient when I'm playing those games because I've, yeah. I, I can definitely remember um, just like, I should, I should have made that <laughs> and I can't reproduce it. There's no way I can do that. Twice. Right. It's like, you can't do it again. And that's one of the things that I noticed about this game is that some of the puzzles and situations that they put you in, I, I will start playing it and then I'll get it. Like I'll figure out the, the pattern or I'll you know do something and it worked. And so I'm like, oh, okay, well, I can, I can do, I can do this and this works fine. But if I do it too fast, if I do whatever challenge it is too fast, it, it, it getting to that part of the puzzle too fast cause a problem. And now I can't, right. you know, get there. But if I go too slow, I'll die, you know? So it's, everything has to be timed perfectly. And I'm, I'm sitting here playing these things. I'm wondering who came up with these puzzles? Like, yeah. how, like, I can figure some of these puzzles out. Jenny helps me with a good bit of them. But even then, like, how do people come up with these puzzles? And then how are they written in a way that, you know, you have to do things very, very specifically. You have to time them perfectly to be able to to beat them, you know? Did you ever play the Mario level creator on the Wii Wii U or Switch? I I did not. I didn't have Super Mario Maker. Um, It is on the Switch, though. I do need to play it. Yeah, so that game you like design your Mario level, but in order for you to publish it to you know the repositories or the store or whatever, you have to beat it. So you keep oh, tweaking it until you can no longer beat it, and then you shrink. You know, you take it back just a little bit, like you'll make something a little bit shorter or a little bit closer, so you can make it or adjust the timings. But you'll start off crazy and then work your way backwards, or you start off with. And you do it in reverse, so you know where you want to be in the end, and you start working your way backwards. Right. But yeah, you're totally right. Like these level designs are amazing. Yeah, yeah. They're just they're they're very 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 interesting. I I find that Jenny does very well with puzzle games. She's not like a first person shooter player. Um, she kind of when we play first person shooter, she's always wanted to camp in the corner and just not move because she's afraid to move. <laughs> um, she played. I think in total two or three games of Fortnite with me. Um, the first one she, yeah, first one she got in second just by hiding in a box the entire time. <laughs> um, the third one we were squatted up with uh, two other folks, and she threw boom boxes at our our base and destroyed it, and we died. We came in second. So uh, the more and you then, talk about Fortnite, the less real it it appears. Like. Yeah, this is a legitimate thing that can happen in Fortnite. I was standing there, and then I was flying on a bus, and then I jumped off the bus with my parachute. I mean, with my you know my umbrella, and I floated down and landed in 
on top of a, a hamburger and then I put on my wings and then I flew through the tunnel and landed yep. on the car and then there was slime everywhere and then there's a boom box and we danced. It's like, that's a game? <laughs> yeah, that is that is the game. That is the game. But, you know, I, I'll be honest, I've, I've had to take a break from it because the, it's so toxic, you yeah. know? Like, <laughs> if you drop from the bus and you land on the ground and there's a gun, you pick it up and then all of a sudden you're dead and there's someone dancing on you. Yeah. You want to go back to the loading screen and do that again? No, not really. I'm going to play Unravel. Oh, <laughs> you know? speaking, of, speaking of toxic, uh, Google Classroom is a, a system that's like a bunch of Google products, but it's all coming to, it all, you know, comes together so that high school and, and, and uh, middle school and elementary students can log in and, and do some type of some type of e-learning with their teachers online. So they can they're given assignments. You can grade things. You can um, um, have the quizzes. You know, just schooly things. Well, there's a, a a meme or something going around on TikTok telling people to give Google Classroom one star reviews. So when you go onto the, the app stores and you look at Google Classroom, it's like a, a bunch of one-star reviews and the people's comments are stuff like, I don't want to work during the outbreak or, you know, I I don't want to do, I don't want to go to school or, or they're like, their grammar is just terrible. And you're like, you need this more than anybody else. But uh, wow. no, you're mentioning toxic and that's what was making me think about the, all those comments. That is incredibly, incredibly toxic. <laughs> <laughs> the internet is a, just a wild place, sir. Oh, it's, yeah, so vital right now. Like, where? Yeah. Wow. Just, There's like, 1,020,892 ratings, and over, <laughs> and like 80% of them are one star reviews. <laughs> yeah. And if you read them, they're just, they're great. Wow. I'm going to, I'm going to have to sit down and, and read a couple of these. <laughs> All right, man. Let's do the picks of the week. Cool. All right. You want to go first? Or you want me to go first? Uh, yeah, I can go first. All right, cool. Um, Terraform. This is a a software package that allows you to set up all of your servers on Amazon or DigitalOcean or any of your providers in code so that you can reproduce it. So, for example, if I wanted to set up three servers and a database and some Amazon S3 storage, and I wanted them all to be balanced, and I wanted some of them in you know this part of the data center, and this one in a different part of the data center. Maybe this one's in a different, you know, different part of the country. I can I can type all this stuff out and copy paste these templates and, and build this file that anytime that I run it, it'll just build those servers in that part of the country and connect them all and and do all of these things. But I don't have to do those by hand. They're just done in the code. Or it's just described in the code, and it handles it for me. So it, it's it's not new, but it's blowing my mind. I've been, been looking into it significantly lately, and I am just so impressed with, with what we can do now with just... I can have a text file and build up an infrastructure that would have cost millions mm-hmm. 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And, I, and if I want to just tear it down, I type in Terraform, you know, destroy or something, and it just undoes all of that. It's like, that's amazing. But, uh, yeah, pick of the week, Terraform. That is really cool. That's really, really cool. I'm going to have to look into that next time I have to set up, like, like an EC2 instance or, like, a, a, a database on on Amazon. Just just do it in Terraform. And yeah. 
just commit the file and next time somebody needs to spin up the the infrastructure they run a command because as of right now we're using aws on a project and i it was it was such a pain trying to figure out how to set it up um and just using amazon's console and i mean i'm i don't have aws certifications i haven't spent a lot of time learning aws because it's something you learn you know it's it's something you have to sit down and learn just like any you know development tool right um so if you don't have, I, I'm curious to give this a shot and see if this helps. Huge learning curve. And if they change the console or move things around, you can't just take screenshots and then have the next developer follow those screenshots. Uh, it might change. Or, you know, and typically you're when you first get into AWS, you're using the console and you have no idea what things are doing and you stumble through. Mm-hmm. But when you do it in code, you have to truly understand it. So you build a, a much more stable, much more reliable um just, just a better setup. And and the cool thing, because it's in code, I can do variables. So I yeah. can say this one is um, identical to the other one, except I, you know, I've changed the names in a couple of spots. So now it's my development version and my prod version. And the development version only has two database servers. And the production environment has 80 servers. And, you know, you do all kinds mm-hmm. of cool things like that based off of variables, which it's harder to do with the console. That's super cool. All right. I'll give it a shot. Yeah, what's your pick? Uh, my pick of the week is I think uh, we've we've discussed this app a little bit on the show, but not really a whole whole lot, and that is Tuple. Oh, Tup- yeah, yeah. So Tuple is an app we're actually using it right now, just messing around with it a little bit. Um, that allows software developers to pair program. Um, pair programming is you know most of you probably know what this is, but for those who don't, it's essentially like we oftentimes will sit next to each other and kind of work through problems in person. And we can't do that right now. Um, you know, because coronavirus, which we won't talk about, but, um, <laughs> puppies, puppies. <laughs> and basically what this lets us do is connect to each other's computers. It will give us both a cursor and I can type on my coworker's computer. He can type on mine and we can kind of collaborate on a problem together and, it's 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 very very well done, and I have to say, pair programming is is a good time. It helps me be, be very productive. I we were able to sit down and like crank out like a very difficult problem just like over the course of the day, and you know, it it felt good. It felt really good just to get you know have some really productive work done. Um, it's just for me personally, it's harder to do when when I'm alone. But when, you know, being able to work with someone on something is, it's, it's a lot of fun. And Tuple makes that very, very easy. So it's macOS only, but you should check it out. Tuple.app. Awesome. Yeah, I, I love it. We use it nearly every day and it just changes how we, how we communicate and collaborate. Awesome. All right, man. I uh, still have not found my watch yet. I think I'm going to give up because this is why. Um, I believe, and I think I've read this somewhere, the next version of watchOS is not going to support the watch that I lost. Oh. So Apple's not going to support it anymore, so I should get a new one. So that's the my justification for that. So, uh, yeah. Hashtag the cowboy. Yep, hashtag the cowboy. Good night, man. Yes, sir. Podcasting is still hard. Good night, man. <laughs> <laughs>